Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Whatever. I'm your host as always. And uh, today I have a guest with me once again. I haven't had a guest in a while, but I figured, you know, I haven't had this guy on yet. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Brandon Yee. Brandon is is here in the house. Brandon, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, my name is Brandon, as Nick has so eloquently said. And currently, I am a youth minister for the Austin Christian Church here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we are currently in Georgetown, Texas, where uh, I live as well. Jake and Nick ended up finding a spot pretty close to us, which is really cool. And yeah, I enjoy a bunch of different things. Um, you know, I was just thinking about it on the drive over here, like what hobbies do I have that would inform people about what I'm about? I really enjoy the UFC. Watching people fight is great. The storylines, all of that. Not WWE, not to be confused with like uh, scripted wrestling, which is athletically kind of crazy on its own right, but UFC, which is actual fighting. And, uh, you know, I really like shoes. Big fan of shoes, you know. Just any, like, what, what kind of shoes specifically? I mean, honestly, kind of like anything. Like, I haven't really delved into, like, the dress shoe type situation with, like, penny loafers, things like that. I've thought about it. But uh, I really do enjoy uh, just the, the – I think – Art has always been really fun for me, like to, to enjoy museums, that kind of thing. But shoes, particularly ever since I was a kid, I've just really liked being able to have different types of silhouettes, color combinations, that kind of a thing. So um, I really like the Air Max 90s and a big fan of, uh, yeah, like just, just different types of things like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, shoes in general. Yeah. Shoes are great though. I like uh I just like the classic Jordans, I think though. Those are the best. You know, the uh are they the uh, retro one? What well, there call? are there are so many now. I mean, you've got probably I I don't know where they're at right now, but I know they're in the 30s if I am correct. The 30s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially everything after 11 is kind of trash, maybe 12. Um, but generally when people see a silhouette of a Jordan, it's basically like the Jordan ones all the way to, uh, maybe the Jordan 11s is the most common ones that you'll see. Jordan 11s. Yeah. I, I think then I do the ones that you've seen me wear. Those are the ones. Those are ones. Yeah. You got ones. Those are the ones. Okay. All right. Make sure you stay close to the mic. Though. Gotcha. 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 Just cause. It keeps going in and out, and I'm like, are they picking that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, be- audio recording is so sensitive for everything, but uh, yeah, also, it, you know, those who are listening to this, oh goodness, I almost took that wire out. Um, that's only a volume control. If like your headphones were plugged in, uh, I don't know why it does that that way, but um, if you hear any kind of like weird audio poppings or something strange, um, just keep in mind, I am an amateur at this and audio happenings happen. And uh, I do apologize for them. I've had some crazy uh, technical difficulties before setting up this recording. Um, one of the mics was not even recording. So as long as you can hear both voices, I think that's a win in my book at this point. Um, so, you know, don't want to fiddle with things too much there. But uh, I'll click that button one more time and then... Speaking into the front is, is what it, yeah, there you go. 
So yeah, figuring this out as we go. Um, but we always like to start off with a little bit of good news on this on this podcast. You know, just just a little bit of positivity before I get into my griping and complaining. Um, but uh, I think my good news is it's a little bit late on this, but the Rangers won the World Series, and it's it's a beautiful thing. And first, do you have any good news that you have that you would like to bring? Uh, the Rangers won the World Series. Fair enough. Um, I have historically not really had a baseball team. Uh, I didn't really grow up with a particular baseball team. Uh, maybe the closest fandom I had was like the Mets when I was a kid because my uncle was a big Mets fan um, and lived in Long Island for a couple of years. But then uh, when I was living in Boston, obviously you're just kind of a Red Sox fan just by living there. Yeah. It's just the air you breathe suddenly turns you into that. But it wasn't anything that deep. So then when I moved here, it wasn't really anything. But once the Rangers started winning, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I can vibe with this. And uh, and Adoles Garcia was maybe the greatest baseball player I've ever seen in my entire life. Adoles is a different man. Just... Uh, and so I am going to buy a, a Garcia World Series uh, jersey because I also like the colors too. So Yeah. Ah, Adoles. Just... I want I want to have that man's arms honestly on me like just on my on my own frame that would be great just to have that those built arms ah, some soon soon brother soon yeah soon that's you know we were talking about it last night just that you can envision it in your head one day all three of us including my roommate Jake is what I'm saying is uh we're just gonna be shredded just shredded just shredded um but uh yeah speaking of Texas in general um, can't seem to make up its mind on weather, but that's not really a news story. Um, but what I found interesting, good, the AC is blowing. Um, what I found interesting is that the beginning of this month, November, um, I, so it's November 1st. I'm dressing like it's November 1st, right? It makes sense. It's cold out a little bit rainy. November 2nd, same story. All of a sudden, November 3rd, it's July 29th. And that is what drives me insane about living here. But I think that's one of the only things. Otherwise, everything else is kind of chill about Texas. But coming from a person who has lived in an area where you do experience all four seasons and now being here, what's that like to you? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because even so I've lived in a bunch of different places and most of the places that I've been to have had four seasons. Uh, so I was in Virginia, Northern Virginia for a while. I went to school in Southwestern Virginia at Virginia Tech, uh, go Hokies. And uh, then we lived in Boston. And so even if, you know, obviously in Virginia, the summer was a little bit longer and then in, um, and the fall was a little bit longer. And then in Boston, like the winter was longer or whatever, but it was still four seasons since moving to Texas, you know, almost four years ago, it's uh, kind of crazy that like, it's like summer for so long, yeah. like just so long spring and fall don't really exist. And no, then it's just cold. It's just then like, Oh, okay. We're going to have like a high of 50. We're just, we, we didn't slide into it. It yeah. was just kind of like, no, no transitions. Just, just <laughs> it's hot, very hot, hundred degrees. And then, okay. Maybe you have a day of, of a high of 90 and then suddenly you have a day of, uh, and suddenly from here on out, it's just 60 degrees. It's just going to be a high of 60 and, and you're going to experience that all the way through uh, until it gets really, really cold. So uh, that that is just a strange thing to just go from more of a, a, a slide into each season versus just uh, 
going just chunk by chunk, no transition, just we're, we're, we're going in. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar uh, with Texas weather, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. Um, brutal summer for about five months at least. Um, then we have fall for maybe nine seconds. Uh, and then winter comes. It's not brutal. It's just disgusting. Um, that's that's going to go December through February. So it's a little bit more you know, consistent in that sense. And then, but even spring, that is not that cold. Like, like coming not. from a place where it's like, Oh, you know, you're, you're in the teens as a low yeah. all the time, yeah. you know, like, Oh, was it? You're like, Oh, the, <clears throat> the high is a, is a 32 and your low is a 11, you yeah. know, like that's what it's like in Boston. And then you come here and it's like, Oh, like the high is 50 something in the sun. It feels like it's 75. Yeah. And then at night it'll be 30 because the sun is gone. Like that is just a <laughs> wild kind of experience to go through. Yeah. I I mean, I, I honestly, I've never really experienced like a brutal winter. I've never been anywhere outside of this state during the like straight up winter time. Um, but then again, I can't imagine what Canadians go through. I, I think I'm glad I live here though, because I can't really handle cold as much as I can handle heat. I think I've just acclimated. But um, Canadians, like there was one time, I think they had like a, a very long stint of time where the weather was consistently at like 50 to 60 degrees. And they were complaining about that. They were like, it's not cold enough, eh? And dude, Canadians are just all about being cold at this point that they made hockey. <laughs> Let's make sport out of being cold. And then also hitting each other really hard. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Laura and my wife, she went to school in Canada and the stories that she tells about Canada are insane. Like this, the, I wish she'll, you know, that, those are her stories to share. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you like it's kind of amazing how humans adapt to wherever they are and they find a way to live. Yeah. You know, but even still, you know, I, I much prefer the heat than the cold for sure. I like being able to do things outside and, and even like, like I actually like the Texas cold personally. Like I think it's great because it's not so cold that you literally can't be outside, yeah. but like, Oh, if you want to have a little fire or something, you know, um, then you can have that. And sure. It's kind of cold, but you have some fire to warm you up. Like in, you know, in some of the places I've lived in, uh, depending on what kind of a season it is, like there was a year in Virginia where they, uh, this was when I was in high school. And the public school sent out an announcement saying that they were not allowing kids that were within the radius of walking to school. Like, that, you know, school buses only go to a certain, like, radius yeah. outside of where the school is, right? right? So if you live within, like, two miles or a mile and a half or something of the school, then uh, you don't have a bus. So you have to walk. They sent a notice out to everyone saying that you have to get driven to school because the wind chill was so bad that kids if they breathe in the air too quick then they might get frostbite in their lungs <laughs> yeah oh like legitimate gosh. yeah it was legitimately like i'm like reading this email from like the the you know loudon county public school system and i'm like oh my gosh frostbite in your lungs i mean i feel like that is death for sure yeah no that's like really bad obviously yeah. <laughs> like like lung tissue i don't think recovers from that i'm not sure Maybe lung I'm tissue wrong. is extremely weak you know but like i was like yo this is crazy right now like we live in a place 
and look, that happened once, like, for, you know, one, one, you know, for like one day in, in the course of several years being in Virginia, but it was still a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were here, so you've been here for four years. So 2019, uh, you moved? Uh-huh. Uh, 2020, almost, 2020. almost in April, it'll be four years. So, but you experienced the snowpocalypse oh, along yeah. with every other Texan. Oh, yeah. So w- what's that like for you and, and Lauren coming from Canada to experience something that like many other places have experienced it but it was so much more devastating because we weren't prepared for it right the, the first thing i want to say is obviously you know uh the condolences to the people that like had like ice in their house and like there was the, loss of life there, too it was like people who died like so i don't want to make that trivial by any means right and, like we were very lucky that the house we were in like still had water electricity everything like i think the theory we had was because our rented house at that time was near a fire station mm-hmm. that maybe there's just like some more resources that are kind of around the fire station. I don't Probably. know. That was our, our theory. But uh, yeah, like we, we, we did okay. But, you know, from our perspective coming from Boston, like I'm pretty sure it ended up being like five inches of snow or something. Yeah. Um, that and within a course of like 12 hours, I mean, we would get five inches of snow in like one hour. <laughs> That's fast. You know, uh, where, where uh, I think for those who don't know what snow was like, real snow was like, like you would have to go leave your house multiple times a day right. to shovel your driveway multiple times a day because it would, if it got too high and then you let it freeze overnight, it then turned to ice and then you could not actually shovel it out. So you had to shovel it while it was powder. It's a whole thing. So coming here and just seeing how woefully unprepared the infrastructure of the city was. Yeah. It was crazy. Everything shut down for four inches of snow, which is laughable, like yeah. legitimately laughable to the people in Boston. Yes. Like I said, just making it very clear. Yeah. Uh, we're, I'm very, very sorry about the people who lost their lives and also lost like, you know, there were like crazy pictures of water pipes bursting in people's living rooms. Yeah. Um, that, that's insane. But, you know, from from a. You know, if the question is, hey, what did you think about it coming from Boston? Like, it's pretty crazy that, you know, you would have a whole city shut down for four inches of snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I I still look back on that and it's just like that really happened. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. It was intense because at first it was like, oh, cool, we're getting snow. But then again, Texas snow is also very like dusty. So it's not real. Right, right. Very hard to make a snowman. I found that out uh, back in 2009 when it snowed once. Yeah, it's funny because I've, you know, it's crazy hearing people be like, that's the most snow I've seen in my entire life. Yeah. And I was like, that's, you won't, you get triple that in a day. We'll never see that again, though. Yeah, I, well, hopefully not. Hopefully not, yeah. But crazy times. Um, I, so... Throughout this episode, basically, Brandon, you, you to me, represent a person who is just very good at uh, giving different perspectives that most people don't think about on most topics in, in a very positive way, too, where it's just you spark interesting thought and conversation all the time. Okay, okay. And okay. so this is something I've been thinking about because I was met with a situation and... I realized how I felt during the situation and how I feel about uh, similar situations that I've experienced in the past. So basically I don't like when people come to me unprovoked 
and just start talking my ear off about something they saw or something that happened that we both witnessed. And they're like, whoa, what do you think about that? And just keep going on and on. And they just won't stop talking. Just absolute yapper boxes. And the whole time, I'm just smiling, trying to be friendly, trying to just get through it, let them talk it out. Um, But let's be honest. If I say uh, fair enough more than twice talking to you, you got to stop talking to me. And I think that that's just... That's just from my perspective. I don't know what it is about me that makes people want to just open up the floodgates and talk. But sometimes I I like when people talk to me. I don't like when people talk to me and I didn't ask for them to talk to me that much. And so I don't know if you relate or you don't relate or what are your thoughts in general on that? You know, I think... One, I think you just are a friendly looking person. <laughs> so, so that, that, that is, it, it, I feel like we all kind of go through this like visual processing of you're looking around and you're like, who is somebody that's going to listen to me? And you have just like a, a, a nice face in terms of like, that person is going to be nice to me. <laughs> and so I think there is some of that there in which, you know, obviously that there are people who have. Uh, resting faces that are not nice mm. that I think create a natural barrier to yeah. said people. Yeah. Right. Who they're like, Oh, I'm not going to no, I don't want to talk about the weather with that person <laughs> or, Oh man. Like, you know, that thing that happened to us three months ago that was really not all that amazing. And yet uh, I want to talk about it. That person doesn't, but I think you're, you're just, so I, it, it's not surprising to me that people come and talk to you because yeah. you just are like a pretty happy go lucky kind of a person in terms of like appearance to look at. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think on like, to me, this only really happens with, uh, I feel like you gotta have a lot of confidence. Yeah. You gotta have a lot of confidence yeah. to just like, be like, I'm just gonna talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it makes much more sense logically if you are like, oh, we're friends. Oh, like we've spent a lot of time together. Oh, you know, like I, we can just we had just talked about this this football game we watched yesterday. Like it's then natural to be like, man, like, you know what? I didn't think about blah, 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 blah. Like that makes much more sense when you go from like to just talking randomly to somebody who really clearly doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah, I think there's probably some level of social unawareness or. Or it could be that these people think they're your friends. Yeah. And maybe you're not. Like that that would be my thought. If I'm if I'm just kinda, you know, it's like, oh, this keeps happening right. to you, it could be that you are too friendly with them. That they actually think that you are at that level of friendship where they can just talk <laughs> your ear off. I don't know, man. I mean, even even when I was like I think I've only noticed it since I was in the teens, really, because that's when I started kind of paying attention to life. Um, but like even in the teens, people would like just talk to me about their problems and stuff. And I'd be like, I I didn't ask you to tell me this. But then again, I listened. I was there for them because, you know, they needed somebody. But at the same time, I'm like, why are you telling me? There's so many other people you should tell that are not me. And then, you know, uh, just recently, I'm trying to do some training at work on the computer and a, and a coworker is coming in and then she's like 
talking to me, asking me all these questions. I'm so distracted from my training now. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't absolutely do this. So I'll, I, I don't understand what it is about me that offers that gateway for people. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you, th- well, do you think like from that, the perspective of those people, is it confidence or is it lack of awareness? Because it's like, for me, I never have that thought of like, yeah, I'm going to talk to this person because I'm going to go, that's going to probably bother them and interrupt their whole day. So I have nothing to talk to them about. I'm not going to go interrupt them. They're just going about their thing. Yeah, I think probably there is some level of social unawareness that's probably there. Um, I think it's interesting because so as as like a, a minister, right, like who somebody or a pastor or whatever you want to call it, uh, I feel like. There are constantly, I'm constantly in situations like that where mm-hmm. people will try and talk to me. Yeah. And I have learned how to be able to just be like, man, thank you so much for sharing that. I actually got to go though. Like mm-hmm. there's a conversation I need to have or, right. hey, you know, like maybe we can talk about this another time. Whatever it is, just right. trying to finesse my way out of there just because, okay. you know, uh, now obviously for me, it makes more sense just because from an occupational standpoint of like, oh, you're a minister. Like yeah. you should listen to me. You know, like I want to tell you some things, which is totally reasonable, totally fine. I'm not against that. But uh, I do think it's probably because you're not mean, Nick. I, I, <laughs> I think it's because you're not a mean person because I think you people catch up or, or they clue even the most like, unless you're like clinically unaware, you know, like clinically socially unaware. Yeah. Like there are, it will be enough jabs of nah, man. Or I don't really care that you'd be like, all right, I'm not going to talk to this person. But for the most part, like, you know, I feel like you're a pretty kind hearted and uh, not a mean person. And so uh, it, it makes sense that there would be a lot of people who would then not necessarily know the consequences of like interrupting you in a space. Yeah. Well, also, I don't know how to like nicely tell people to stop. Right, right, right. And so I just kind of sit there and endure until it's over. You, on the other hand, obviously it makes sense why people would assume in your position that right. they can that they can do that. But then some people just don't understand like, hey, you also have to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then again, from what you said, you've kind of gotten good at like just kind of cueing people that it's like I've got to go in a nice, respectful way. Right. And you even have it in – I don't even know if you noticed, but you have it in a nonverbal way too where where sometimes we'll just like be over your house and it's like getting late and you'll like like stand up or something you'll do something in your body language where i'm like you know what it is getting late i should probably leave <laughs> and, and then i'm like you're, you're very good at that and i want to have that ability and i don't know how to have that ability yeah I, there, there is like these interesting like cues i feel like that are really really um specific i guess like i don't necessarily know if it's like super intentional on my part but i do think that there are some things where it's like there are general like i said unless you are like clinically unaware you know in terms of like social interactions people can be like yeah you know maybe it's it's kind of like the old like uh you know uh, whatever like the dad kind of double double hand slap to the to the to the thighs and just being like all right well i think it's about time to to start heading home yeah you know just kind of like a a very non-aggressive non-hurtful 
all right. I think just it's I think jingling it's, keys. Yeah. You know? just the, well, I think we got to, and, and, you know, I don't know. I feel like for the most part, I've figured out how to be able to do those things by trial and error. You know, I'm like, it's just trial and error situation. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Have you had errors? Yeah. Well, I think it's ideally, ideally you're in a situation where they get the cue that's subtle, right? The subtle cue is one that isn't like harsh, you yeah. know? So then you don't have to be like, Hey man, I think it's time to go. Yeah. Right. And so ideally you're in that. But then there's some people who are just like are so deeply in whatever they're in, like the story or this thing or whatever that like you then need to like be more straightforward and be like, well, man, I gotta, I gotta go, you know, (laughs) but even how you say it, like, I don't think I've ever had to be like, Hey man, I just, well, no, that's false. There have been some kids depending on kind of where they're at socially. And obviously Mm -hmm. I work with teenagers. So uh, there are some kids who just socially are not there yet. And it's not really their fault. They're 13, 12 sometimes, right? Sometimes 18. Um, it is what it is. Uh, (laughs) Where you have to just be like, hey, man, I actually don't have a lot of time. You know, like, I actually think I got to go. Um, but I appreciate you, whatever it is. How you say it and kind of the, the ways in which you go about it, you know, kind of go a long way. But you hope that the first few subtle cues kind of just make it. Yeah. And then there's some people who just can't take a hint. But what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Also, you're going to quickly learn I gave up on segues a long time ago, so we just hop topic to topic pretty much. Sure. Um, so we were at CeCe's Pizza Monday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Watching Monday Night Football, I was stressing out over my fantasy football team because I was really close to losing and winning at the same time. I won anyways, so victory. Um, but let me ask you this first. What are you, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Oh, I think it's, it's it's a great combination, especially with a some sort of uh, savory, you know, salty protein like a like a ham or something, you know, or a, or a pepperoni or things like that. Like I think a salty sweet mixture makes sense. I strongly disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> but what I want to say do, is, do I think that that's like an authentic experience to the Italian culture? No. no. Do I, th- you know what I'm saying? Like, let me just be very clear about that. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, like I'm making some sort of statement that like, oh, Italians are wrong. <laughs> it's you also know? not Hawaiian. <laughs> you know, and, and also not Hawaiian. Uh, I guess it's Hawaiian in the sense of there's a tropical fruit. Uh, yeah, but also, pizza. you know, I mean, can't you find pineapple on a lot of other islands too? Yeah, it's just a tropical, but it's it's a tropical fruit, like very specifically a tropical fruit. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to find pineapples in the Arctic. Yeah, well, that's, well, if you did, then you make money. Uh, yeah. Dude, you know what, though? Like, man, frozen fruit goes hard. Yeah, that's generally how I eat most of my fruit. It's frozen fruit. Frozen fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think just to go back on the pineapple and pizza thing, like... I think there are times and places. There are times and places. And generally, like if I'm at like a legitimate Italian restaurant, I'm not going to like be disrespectful and yeah. ask them to put a pineapple on it. Yeah. Or pieces, chunks of pineapple. Like that's just crazy. What but do like you if mean I'm a pineapple, I told you at my restaurant. You know, like, I, and you know, I would never do that, you know, yeah. but like if I'm at a, some sort of get together and somebody from Dom, you know, order some pineapple and ham, you know, pepperoni, whatever. Uh, from Domino's, I'm like not gonna be like, ugh, how dare you, you terrible person! Like, 
I don't know. I feel like that. I'm like, this is it. Why, 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 why are we uh, so so judgmental about this? You know, like why why are people so uppity about? Oh man, yeah, I, I, I'm a purist and I don't have pineapple on pizza. See, yeah, I'm not. I'm not from the the frame of mind of like I judge you for liking pineapple on pizza. But I would say I am a pizza purist when I'm consuming it. Right. So pepperoni is okay. I think the goaded toppings is sausage and meatball. Absolutely. Cheese pizza. I don't want it because the, what am I five? No, it has to have toppings always. And sausage and meatball is the go-to. But what I want to say to this effect is that (laughs) we were at CC's and I heard the guys and if you don't know what CC's is, it's buffet pizza, basically. And you can put in special orders for them to cook a certain type of pizza with a certain type of topping. I heard one of the guys go, special order pineapple pizza. And in my mind, I went, how dare you? Not from, not because they got pineapple pizza, but because they special ordered it when they already make Hawaiian pizza already on the buffet. But, 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 but here's the thing. So even you say the words pizza purist. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I would argue that that's not even pure pizza because what you're talking about is like New York style pizza, not like Italian style pizza with like ah, the, the, the you know, the shredded pulled mozzarella like like circles that are then splashed all over the pizza with the marinara. I see and, what you mean. You know, and the basil and all that other stuff yeah. and not like the shredded mozzarella stuff that we have. Yeah. OK, then let me specify. My family is East Coast. So they have brought me up to be an East Coast pizza purist. New York style is the only style. Right. So me. thin crust, like like thick crust is just appalling to you? I don't mind rising crust. I don't mind it. I do prefer thin crunchy. Oh, but crunchy. I d- thin crunchy. That's yeah, fascinating. That's real New York. But I don't mind thick crust. Well, as how long thin as it's are you talking stuff. about? Because I've been to New York plenty of times. And there are there is like whatever uh, the super crunchy like like not like that no 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 no, no, okay okay okay. what i'm talking about so here's my here's my this is what pizza should be to me it's the 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 slice with all the cheese on the the marinara cheese part right that's supposed to be so it's marinara first then cheese marinara first cheese yeah okay well uh, there are people that do it differently so well those people are wrong absolutely but clarify um so the slice itself floppy Got that chewiness to it, right? That you Are you a expect. fold or a, or, a, or a straight fold, up? Fold, absolutely. Okay, okay. So you fold it. Okay. Right. But then you get to the crust. That's where it's crunchy and thin. Not super thin, though, to where it's like almost flatbread. Right, right. But like you can see like, oh, that is crust. Right. There's a rise to it where yes. you're like, okay. But versus like a, okay, okay, okay. But I won't sense. turn down rising crust as long as it's not stuffed. I can't stand, oh. I can't stand stuffed crust. How can you not? That stuffed crust is one of the greatest inventions no, no, human no, no, has, no, no, humankind has no. ever made. It goes against everything in my soul that I love about pizza. Why? It's too much. It's cheese. a version of a. It's you just have to a, have a pizza balance. within a pizza. <laughs> no, it's a pizza within a pizza. And get a calzone if you want a pizza within a pizza. Well, then you have to eat a whole other thing. It's you get exactly to, the, the, that's what it is to me. Is because I already went through all this cheese. Now I got to eat more cheese well, inside of bread. Is delicious. And and the thing is, so uh, look, I. I I understand that it's a monstrosity. Okay, we, we all it's an we American all have to, monstrosity. We, yes, we have to we have to ad- agree that it is a monstrosity. However, because so much crust is subpar, 
you need to to compensate for subpar crust because a really good crust doesn't need a stuffed crust. Right. That that's the thing, right? Like like if you you know I've had a lot of really great pizza in my life, no need at all, right? right? For for and I honestly I'm one of those people that people say are children. Like I just don't eat the crust generally. Like yeah. if it's like a CC's or even a Domino's or whatever, for the most part, I just don't eat the crust Fair because. Enough. You know, I'm trying to watch how much carbs I eat, but mostly it's just not good. Yeah. If I have a really high quality pizza, though, generally, uh, or or I almost always will eat the crust because it is delicious. So I understand the monstrosity was created because of subpar crust. And I think people are like, yeah, this is much better because the crust was bad. Yeah. Okay. I can understand where people are coming from, but still, I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Now, so, so you have not tried the, I think it's Papa John's pepperoni and cheese stuffed crust. Oh my God. That actually makes me, I mean, that's that actually makes that me a Ill. mini calzone essentially like for kind of referencing your previous thought. It is basically a mini calzone, but it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I'm not, I, honestly, the thought of that makes me ill. And I think it's the pepperoni, honestly, is because the pepperoni being in stuffed crust is so much on already so much to me. But I will say this. You want to uh, look, I always prefer thin crust, but you want to give me some rising crust with a glaze of, of buttered garlic Parmesan seasoning. Take it all day. That's good stuff. Not stuffed. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Such a fascinating thing. You know, I, so I, so I, deep dish. What about deep dish? What about like the the you know Detroit? All these others. You know, I've had Detroit. Detroit is fine. I um, mean, I don't even know if you really consider that pizza at that point. Like it's it is it is a casserole. It's a lasagna. Like it, it's yeah, lasagna is not a bad comparison. It's almost a lasagna. It's, yeah, it's it's missing obviously the layers, but like depending on what kind of deep dish, like Chicago style or Detroit style, or whatever. Like I've seen it where they do like a layer. They do multiple layers of cheese sauce, cheese sauce, cheese sauce, yeah. like going all the way up. So it is similar to a lasagna. That is a ton. And for that reason, I don't know if I'd enjoy Chicago, but I never had Chicago style. It's a lot of food, bro. It like, is. like in terms of, am I going to be full? Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm 30. A lot of my, what dictates what I like would eat like for a long time was like, am I going to be full from this? Yeah. And, and if I wasn't, then this isn't worth it. You're going to be full with some deep dish pizza. The amount of just <laughs> sauce and toppings and things that you will consume is just so much. But then again, it's also exactly what I'd expect from Chicago. It's actually the most Chicago thing to be like, this pizza is already clogging all my arteries. Let's make it more and then probably die later. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I really like sauce. So like in general, like my favorite part of like pasta or whatever has always been sauce. And so I'm not like hyper opposed to Detroit or Chicago style pizza if it's mostly sauce. Like that that that, yeah. that isn't really a problem for me. Detroit's not awful and I don't mind a square pizza. It's unnatural, but I don't mind it. You unnatural. Know? It is. We'll just say that much, you know. Pan pizza, calm down. Um but yeah. notification popped up on my phone i didn't know what it was anyways um so this is edit out that pause at some point but no i edit nothing you know i just i just leave it raw you know okay. so that people know all of my mistakes but um i wear my heart on my sleeve <laughs> um 
But so we were talking about this last night and it's just too funny not to tell on the podcast. But I did think to myself, man, it would be great to tell this for the first time on the podcast to you. But um, so this past weekend, I was watching your dog, Jack, right? And my mom's birthday was this past Saturday. And so we were going for a hike on her birthday. Jack, up until this point, had basically been the most bored dog on earth because I remember specifically Friday night, I was trying to chill and he just kept sitting there staring at me. And then every once in a while he'd go, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, what do you want? I fed you. You you have water in your bowl currently. I have taken you out multiple times to pee. I have given you love. I don't know what you need. And I texted you at one point. I was like, what What does this man want from me? And right, you're like, right, right. He's probably bored. I'm yeah. like, bored? <laughs> I didn't know dogs got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's He's still pretty young. He's like four years old. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, I was like, I've got to, I've got to find a way to like tire this kid out or something. And so my, my parents were telling me like, we're going to take a hike tomorrow. I was like, that's great. That should work. So like, can I bring Jack? They're like, sure. And so I was like, that'll tire him out. This should work out in my favor, I think. And so as I'm getting his stuff together, I put it all in the car. My dad calls me and he's like, Hey, can you pick up a pie from, uh, have you heard of a place called Pappy's? No, no. Apparently, they have really good pies. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, I do love pies. They have like cobblers and stuff. Well, I have to go sometime. Oh, we're going to have to go. Anyways. Yeah. But apparently, my parents have had it. My mom loved, uh, I forget what pie it was, but I think it was like a meringue or something. And um, and so he's like, can you go pick up this pie? I was like, sure. So I get Jack in the car. I'm like, Jack, we're going to make a quick stop, get a pie. I know the smell is probably going to be intoxicating, but you've got to chill. Now, he's back there roaming all around my back seat. I'm like, can you sit down? It's getting very concerning. Um, we're just taking these turns. He's taking them like a champ. I don't know how he's still standing. Um, <laughs> and so eventually we're going down the, the freeway and I'm like, what is that smell? Did I go past a skunk or something? I was like, that is unadulterated <laughs> caca. And I look in my back seat. Show enough, uh, there's a steaming pile in my back seat, and I'm driving 75 miles per hour as well. And I'm like, "Oh, Jack, how could you do this to me? Why?" And and Jack is just sitting next to it, so stout, shoulders rolled back, chest out, and he's just like, "What? This is me." Which, to be fair to anyone listening, whoever is there, he has never pooped in a car before. Yeah, He's thrown up in a car before, so he gets a little motion sickness, but he has never pooped in a car ever. <laughs> and so, so I'm just being tortured. I called my dad. I'm like, I can't pick up this pie. He's like, why? And I said, Jack unloaded a full magazine in the back of my car. And so he's sobbing in laughter at me over the phone. And I'm like, suffering. And I, and, and he thought, and so, and so I went, I'm just going to come straight home and deal with this. And so he thought that meant I was going to go back home to my apartment and deal with it. And so he's like, well, can't you just pick your, the pie up on your way back? And I said, I'm not going anywhere, but towards your house. I'm on the freeway, 10 minutes away. My eyes are watering. (laughs) This whole situation is a mess. I'm in pain. Jack is proud of himself or something. I don't know. Um, and I finally get back. And I'm cleaning it up and Jack 
Are we? Is this? I don't know if this is too graphic. Is this <laughs> solid? Is this wet? What this is like diarrhea? What are, what are we talking? Please don't eat during the part of this podcast. But um, it was Bali. So we're talking shape. It's like a bunch of balls stacked on top of each other, kind huh, of. Huh. 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 Okay. And. Okay. So so solid that it was easy to clean it was solid. and not like a diarrhea situation. Where no, it was like, thank oh, God. It was wet. Thank God. Oh, okay, I okay, okay. I would actually get a new car. Okay. Um, that's what that's what Lauren and I were, co- were were like really concerned about. We were like, oh God, we really hope it wasn't a diarrhea <laughs> situation. No, I picked it up pretty easily with a l- loads of paper towel because I just didn't even want to feel the texture, you know. So I was like, I'm gonna put as much cushion between my hand and this crap as I can. Um, and then I just put some like smell good spray, put some, uh, stain spray removal in there, fixed it up. But Jack went like three more times in my parents' backyard after that. And I was like, what happened? I took you out so many times and you never, you never gave me even a sign that you needed to poop. You, you went pee and you were like, all right, let's go. We're good. Yeah. He's very particular. Like, I mean, he's for the most part, he, he, you know, he's fine. But I think there is a moment where we have learned what things he's looking for to signal to us that he is trying to poop, which are things obviously that as you were watching him very gracefully and graciously, um, you know, for us while we were gone in Atlanta, like you just don't know that until you're around it and you're like, Oh, okay. I need to, you know, he also is very particular about where he poops. Like he likes to poop in grass, but he's also pooped outside of grass. I don't know. It's a whole thing, but you know, it, it, it's tough when you're like, I thought this was fine. And then you're like, Oh, it's not fine. Yeah. I was, I was like, does he get nervous in car rides or something? Is this a natural, like, normal thing for him? But, uh, yeah, that was tough. It was also tough to wake up to the sound of roofers on the roof this morning when I wanted to sleep in because I had uh, been waking up early all this week for work. So that's fun. Um, and it's worse because I live on the second floor. Also, there was a guy who came down off of the roof and he was, like, doing stuff on Jake's balcony. Oh wow! And so, and I told Jake he was he was in the bathroom was uh, bathroom when when it was happening. I was like, Jake, there's a guy who invaded your balcony, and he's like one of the roofers. He's like, that's so weird. That's crazy because the only way you get there is through the roof or the door or the door that is only connected to Jake's, Jake's room. room. Man, that's crazy. Honestly, felt a little bit nervous just because I'm like, there is a stranger, quite uh, literally, on our property right yeah, now. Yeah. On our rented property, of course, though. But, you know, it's my private domicile right now. Um, but, yeah, it's just a little bit of complaint that I have for the company. Um, come later in the day, for sure. But, uh, yeah, dude. Did um, you have any uh, – I was curious if you had any questions that you would try to field or whatever. For – Well, like, I don't know if you had a question section. That would be interesting, like a segment where people sent in questions for you to answer or for your guests to answer. I tried once. I got one whole question. Oh, tough. And I was like, well, I'm never doing Q&A again until I get a bigger audience. But that is something I'm, I'm working on right now where I'm specifically asking a bunch of my female friends questions that they've always had for guys. Uh-huh. And then they'll answer. They'll ask those questions to me, and I'll answer them on the podcast, and it'll be fun. Uh, still collecting the questions, though, because, you know, I think when you're asked a big question like that, like if I was asked, like, what are what are some questions you've always had for women? I would 
I would take some time to think because I'd be like, oh, I really want to have a good question on that because I have so many. But so specifically, um, this is a segment where they are asking you questions about being a guy or the, the male perspective that they like had always had, like kind of what's like. Basically, yeah, just questions they've always had for guys. And then I also said, like, also, if you have any questions just for me personally, as I am a guy. I will answer those too. I don't. I don't mind, and I've gotten a few of those already. So you know, it's gonna be fun. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'll put it in an episode. I think I'll just make it its own thing because I'm already getting so many questions. Uh, it'll take way too long in an episode, but um, yeah. Oh, I just want to say this much about my new job in retail. I've worked retail before, but not this kind of retail where I have to make sales and stuff. I've made my first few sales though. Not just like register and like ringing people up. Do you get commission? No, unfortunately. Ah, not. bummer. You know, it's uh I think that's the the plight of um minimum wage work is they're like, Hey, do all of these special things for us and we'll pay you. And it's like, pay me commission? They're like, No, <laughs> you work for us, right? Do it. Um which I'm fine with. I'll I'll be good at my job because the spirit tells me to and then will hold me to that. Um, but, uh, I've made my first few sales, which kind of feels good to know that I can sell product. Um, also we have to ask for donations, um, for like a local elementary school. It'll change like week to week or whatever. And, um, the last girl who just left, who trained me before she left was like really good at getting those donations. And one of my coworkers was like, she was really good at getting donations, but you know why? Is because she's a cute blonde girl. Ah, and ah, so, yes, 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 yes. And yes. so, you know, there's lots of male customers and they're like, sure, I'll do whatever, right, you know? Right, But, hey man, I guess I got that face. I guess I just got that face where people are like, you know what? I'm feeling generous when I look at you for some reason. So, it, I mean, it works out, dude. I smashed, I absolutely smashed single-handedly the goal for donations twice in a row on my own. I was just like, and you know, the machine's going to ask if you want to donate to that local elementary school there. And then they just click and I, I'm just smashing that goal. And then the same coworker came up to me and she was like, are you a cute blonde girl? <laughs> I was like, maybe inside. I don't know. I don't um, know. What's, what's your clientele? Just, it's a lot of old people, honestly, uh. which doesn't surprise me for what, for what the job is, you know? Hmm. Maybe maybe they they look at you and they see their grandson. Perhaps. Perhaps it's true. I don't know. Well, that that is so interesting. Also, I feel like, see, I'm more like if somebody brings like an organization to donate to, I'm a lot more wary. If somebody's like help donate to this elementary school, (laughs) I feel like that is the easiest thing to give money to in terms of like the scope of like oh like UNICEF or whatever. Like it's so big picture Mm. but if you're like oh you know this middle school you know this elementary school right here you see it all the time you know their kids you know kids have gone there that's a pretty easy give i also mention make sure to mention the fact that it is an underprivileged elementary school because it is um but yeah also i've had teachers where i'll say that and then they're like oh i'm a teacher so i kind of give enough already i'm like fair enough yeah you're not wrong yeah yeah um and you are criminally underpaid for it yeah this is this is true but uh, what was my next topic? My sh- phone keeps shutting off. Oh, I'm at 10%. That sucks. Um, we're fine, though. So I came across this today. <laughs> I saw it on a friend's story. 
and uh, it says, <laughs> and you being a minister, just got to get your thoughts on this one. It says, just tested positive for having faith in God and knowing storms don't last. Now, there's a lot to unpack in that one sentence. Oh, God. Because why are we equating having faith in God to testing positive for STDs? Or COVID. Maybe they were thinking. Yeah. Test. Yeah, but then again, I hear tested positive. Right, right, right. And a lot right, of the time, right. your mind is going to go to STDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, kind of yeah. naturally. So, you know, what, what, what are you thinking about that? I think some of the most cringe-worthy people or cringe-inducing people are Christians. Absolutely. Just, just, and it's, 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 it's tough for our public image. It's tough for the, for the, you know, kind of, uh, the, the, the zeitgeist and the, the general understanding of who we are as a people because, you know, they, they, they influence what people think about us. Uh, those who who choose to be, to to believe in Jesus, but it's tough, man. It's tough because what's also really tough about it is that they really believe it with their whole heart. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like a joke. It's like no, they're about it. Yeah, they're like, oh man, I saw this. Like I'm gonna buy a T-shirt with this thing on. Mm. Like I will, I will go on Google, find some sketchy website, and pay forty five dollars, and really feel like I am, I'm out there putting my life out there on the line. You know, by, 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 by putting that on my shirt. Um, and, uh, you know, as a, as a former teenage wearer of, uh, the sarcastic comments on t-shirts, um, you know, I, I, the, 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 the power of bravery that you feel, uh, in, in, in putting an, uh, putting a message out into the world is, is quite strong, but it is tough, man. It's tough to be like, oh, this person believes it with our whole heart and they are, unashamed yeah <laughs> unashamed to just emblazon it to everyone yeah honestly i you know sometimes i just i see christians do and say stuff and i'm just like that doesn't look good for us um it's it's rough out here um but then again yeah saying stuff with your whole chest and just being wrong <laughs> is it's a part of life and it's crazy but, uh, yeah, like this dude, this dude tweeted, nobody talks about Jesus's miracle of having 12 close friends in his thirties. It's the most millennial thing I've ever heard, actually. Yeah. Th th I feel like that kind of realm of comedy is like just becoming popular and, and, you know, yeah, 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 it's, 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 yeah, low lying fruit, not quite 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 top tier you know yeah <laughs> i don't i don't like low-hanging fruit comedy because it's just it's annoying to me because you didn't have to work for it but um but you've so you've worked with teens the whole time you've been in ministry yeah 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 do you have any stories of just some just some wild happenings where you're like i can't believe this is my job that this is real life right now. Oh man. Gosh. There are tons of things that have happened. That and obviously I, stories within the realm of like, this isn't tragedy. This is just hilarious. Right, right, or crazy. right, right, right. Uh, 
Yeah, there's some like really sad things, obviously, right. um, just because it's people's lives and stuff. And, you know, but in terms of like really crazy things, um, you know, we we accidentally diagnosed a kid with colorblindness. <laughs> How do you do that? Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> That's a that's a crazy statement just to say in general, but yes, we we accidentally diagnosed a kid with colorblindness. Um, we were, you know, we do a bunch of different ga- games and things like that, and we got like glow sticks or whatever, and um, and balloons, you know, just general stuff, right, to play games with. And there was one particular event that we had had where we were telling people, hey, like, you know, put put certain colors of things together, and. Uh, we were we were specifically kind of having them put like the same similar or different colored uh, glow sticks together, mm. and this one kid was like, "Okay, cool, like you know, uh, here here's a here's a blue one or whatever." And we looked at it and we're like, "Nah, bro, that's that's not blue, that, that's like that's like purple." And we're like, "He was like, no, nah, that's blue." I was like, "Okay," and then for whatever reason, we didn't just move on; we just dove right in thinking right. probably this kid was messing with us because mm-hmm. it was like, ah, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were like, oh, like what color is that thing over there? And, uh, you know, so we just started pointing out things and yeah. he would just say a different color. And we're like, okay, he's probably messing around or whatever, whatever. Uh, there was a moment where the Home Depot bucket, right? There's a couple of Home Depot buckets that we have, you yeah. know, for anyone, you know, that uh, knows our, our building, just a bunch of a random, random assortment of things. And there's a Home Depot, which is historically and very clearly, we all know it's orange. Right. Home Depot's whole vibe is it's orange. orange. That's their brand. We we point at him and be like, "Hey, bro, what color is that?" And uh, he said red. And we were just like, "Oh." And I just, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I kept going. I should have just been like, "All right, cool, whatever," and just let no. But at this point, there's tons of kids. Yeah. Like there's tons of kids around who are just like pointing at stuff and being like, what is going on? I just go online to a very quick, like color blindness test thing. It's like 15 questions yeah. of, of images yeah. where it's like, oh, they have like certain, like you're supposed to find out what the number is. The dotted images. The dotted images, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously based on the color blindness and we're going through it and I'm like, hey man, can you do this real quick? And I, I honestly, I'm like, to be very honest with you, I really thought he was just playing. Like I, I was really like I don't think he's Spanish really, but I've halfway through him going through like five slides, I was like, oh, I think he's actually colorblind. Yeah. And then there was a moment where the other kids around who were older also realized that they were like, oh no. And then, uh, and then he was like, guys, am I colorblind? <laughs> and we we're like, uh, I think so, man, because <laughs> you you said all the wrong numbers. But then again, he's seeing other colors. Uh, he he's seeing colors as other colors yes, is what's yes. happening. So then that's what my dad has. Yeah, color yeah, deficiency. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a version of color blind. Like there's different types right. of color blindness. Some like, people just straight up see black and white. Right, 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 right. It's not it's not like that, right? So you can you know. But uh, it was crazy because I had to then call this kid's dad. Hold on, I'm just adjusting my mic here. Call this kid's dad and be like. Hey, so, you know, we had a great, great event, you know, had a lot of fun. Your kid had a great time. We um, did maybe do some things uh, in terms of some, some, some games and eventually like a very quick online test that really maybe uh, led to us realizing he might be colorblind and uh, 
he didn't know that. And so, so, so sorry. Um, and the dad was super gracious. He was just like, we'll go to a doctor, you know, yeah. and all this stuff, you know. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's probably one of the more wild things that I've seen, like, to actually have my heart sink of like, oh, God, we yeah. just publicly really outed this child as yeah. having colorblindness. Uh, now, uh, look, obviously, it, it was going to come out eventually. Right. Um, but it was insane. Yeah, that is crazy, though, to, like, be colorblind or color deficient. And you just don't know until you figure it out with other people pretty much because like you learn colors when you're super young so you're not going to remember those lessons and then you're well, just going to go you're through not, life not learning the lessons you just see something completely different right and then you just go through life and you're like isn't this what everybody sees right colors just aren't things and and you know they're just other colors shades, other shades that you just didn't know existed and i i always want to like i just always wanted to know what they do see like I've always I think wanted there to know websites. There are websites that can show you a picture, like like one picture where it's like this is what it looks like to somebody who has full range of visual like color. Yeah. And then this is like the 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 two different types, and this is what it looks like to them. Yeah. I've always wanted to know what my dad sees. Because he'll be like, That's yellow. And I'm like, it's certainly not. It's definitely brown. I'm like, how are you saying yellow? Or whatever. Like he'll mix up colors that are close together and then some colors are relax that are on the opposite side of the spectrum of color and it's just like i don't know how it works i don't know what happens in the brain or it if it's in the eyes just in the eyes but uh it's something interesting to me for sure yeah that's that's the first story that comes to mind for me in terms of just like insane youth ministry stuff <laughs> yeah that is something else man although i i, I honestly never thought like working in teen ministry for just I was like two months basically that I would have to face anything and then I face something almost immediately like right. on on the first week of right work. right right and it was like oh this is insane already okay and then we got to the end and I was like I have a lot of respect for you Brandon and I'm glad this is over <laughs> for me I couldn't take another day honestly um I enjoyed the experience though it was a great experience changed me for the best for sure I cannot handle it full time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a unique it's a unique job for sure. I mean, you got to love it and you got to love working with kids and 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 people developing into their own persons. Yeah. And just the awkwardness of like, ah, you know, you're just growing up, so I got to got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, but still on topic of you being a minister. It it did come to mind today where I thought of like a lot of Christian cliches that people who are not believers tend to hate and to kind of get your thoughts on these, <clears throat> on these cliches of when people say everything happens for a reason. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it, I personally don't theologically believe that. Right. Uh, to be a truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the concept of chaos exists. And well, chaos it, is without reason. Well, it's it's free will. Not necessarily chaos. It's just the concept of free will. Because mm -hmm. if you say something happened for a reason, yeah, then it actually eliminates um, free will. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's crazy. 
Because it's like, okay, so let's say like you broke your arm and you're like, well, well, you know, God did this for a reason. Yeah. Then that meant that no matter what you did leading up to you breaking your arm, that was going to happen because there was a reason for that thing. Right. Yeah. And I've always thought about that of like when, when I was growing up in the church and I would hear a lot from adults that they're like, you know, God knows everything about you. He knows, he knows all the future. He knows everything you were going to do before you were going to do it. And I was like, but that and free will don't make sense anymore to me. Right. I mean, uh, the the way you could argue that would be kind of the concept that people have. And this is one particular perspective. It's not, I'm not saying this to be truth. There are those who see that God is outside of time. And so uh, in the same way that like, you by being outside of time he see he he sees where things were gonna go that doesn't necessarily mean that there was no choice that you had had he just knows the ending versus it being what i think most people assume it to be which is he like all of these things are predestined so that is i think there are some people who view it in that particular light where because he essentially it's like us in the movies yeah right like in in the movie, for the most part, for a character, they are making choices, but we just know what the end of the movie is going to be, right? Like the Joker doesn't win, you know, in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, and it, no matter how many times you watch that movie, that's just what it's going to be. And so I think in, there are those who believe that God is outside of time, and thus He's then able to kind of see what the picture is mm. um, while we're going through it too at the same time. Yeah, it's just that to me is like not necessarily something I struggle with, but it's something that like kind of baffles me is like, so if God knows I'm going to do all of these bad sinful things in my life in the future, why is he allowing me to do such things? And where does free will play a part in that? If he knows it's going to happen, why is he giving us leeway to do it? Because it's free will. Right. Because it's free will. Now, I think there are people who would argue, why would God let us do bad things? Does right? he and let us do bad things? At 100%. Because right. free will is not like a, you can only have, you have 50% free will, 50% not. Yeah. Or 75% free will and 25% not. It really is got to be a, it, it's got to be all or nothing, at least to me, on like a logical, philosophical level. Um, because... Now, now there are people who have issues with that then in terms of like, well, then why if God, you know, then, then God is not good if he allows bad things to happen. And I'm like, you can't judge mm. it off of that because yeah. you can't just say, okay, cool. Like God should stop people from shooting people or, or stop people from being mean to people, but then also allow them to do everything else. Like right. at that point you were just kind of, that actually isn't free will because it cuts off so many different things that you could do. Now, if you want to live in this perfect utopia where there is no real choice other than the good things, that's just not human existence right now, clearly. Well, yeah, but then it's also not existing at all. It's just being scripted. Yeah, I mean, it's like a movie or 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 some level of, you know, some something of like the Sims yeah. where you just create rules on what they can and can't do. Yeah. But then I feel like that goes into the the whole argument where people and i never know how to respond to this so i just i just pray every day that i don't get into a situation where somebody asks me this question but people will ask you know and it's usually 
more of a thing to provoke a Christian and be like, you know, aggressive about it is like, well, how can your loving God let all these bad things happen? And it's like, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question ever. I don't know what the right thing is to say. Um, but all I know is it is because of free will, but I know that saying that is not at all comforting to somebody who's going through that question in their head. Right. Right. I mean, I think there is a bunch of kind of presuppositions in that statement as a whole. Right. I think there are people who are like, Hey, why even the question in itself one, I, I mean, look, I sympathize and very much don't view that person as like, you're trying to get a rise out of me or like you're, you're, you're coming at this in bad faith. I mean, look, a bad faith argument for sure. Like you find that out as the argument continues, right. Or, or yeah. the question continues, whether or not people actually want to listen. But for the most part, I, I find most people are genuinely just interested in how we can reconcile saying that God is, is a loving God and then also allows terrible things to happen. Mm. And from our even Christian understanding of, uh, of the creation of us, at least from the Judeo-Christian, you know, uh, Torah, Bible, you know, the story has always been that God created us in the image of him, which then inherently had power that there were choices that we were able to make in the same way that he does. And so we have elements of choosing good and evil. Yeah. Right. And at that point, if we are going to be, have free will, then we can't then, you know, he can't just step in and just be like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Because then it's not free will anymore. Right. And so it's tough to be like, Oh, well then your God doesn't love people. I would say I, if, if you're, you know, and I get that. And, and that, you know, I think that is something to wrestle with and, and to have issues with. Um, but it is at this point, human existence is choice. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's what makes us human. Um, and there are unfortunately people who choose to do really bad things. Um, and does that mean that God does not love us because bad things happen to us? I would say no. I think that's just part of life. Hmm. Um, I think yeah. life has bad things happen to us, but not because God wanted those things to happen to us or God doesn't care. Um, I I see God caring about us in a sense of um, the community that he teaches us to be a part of, the lifestyle that he teaches us to be a part of, forgiving each other, loving each other, all these different things all help us to live the lives the best possible lives we can in a world that is free will. Yeah. Like he gives us that wisdom and how to navigate this world <clears throat> in a better way. Right. So then another one that is a cliche. And I would say these cliches oftentimes come from a good place and are coming from good intentions. Um, but on, uh, typically land on deaf ears uh, because it's ill-timed and it's usually in a place where that person's going through pain. And so God won't give you more than you can handle. God won't give you more than you can handle. Now, there are um, interesting things there about that. Uh, there are a couple of scriptures um, that for some people they they see uh there's a scripture particularly uh uh, uh i 
I can't remember where it is right now. Um, but uh, there is a where it says if you resist the devil, then you will overcome mm-hmm. eventually, right? Like God has not given you more than you can bear. Yeah. Right now, uh, that has historically people have thought that means oh, that means that like. I think there's a comfort aspect that people are looking for. Yeah. But the amount of like pressure and difficulty that we can survive with as humans is astounding and way beyond what's comfortable. Yeah. And so I think people kind of put those two ideas together that like, Oh, well, God said he wouldn't give me more than I can handle. It's like, well, technically you can survive. It sounds bad, right? You can survive like, I don't know, two minutes of oxygen deprivation. Yeah. You know, like, and that was quote unquote handled. Right. You know, and, yeah. and you're still alive. Right. <laughs> and, and that's a, like a, obviously a, a, a strange analogy, but I think we, we, I think the connotation typically of that statement is usually some sort of comfort or whatever, but I actually think it's more about the resilience of who we are as people that we are often uncomfortable with. Yeah. Right. Like we want it to be comfortable when in all reality, we actually are much more resilient if we choose to um choose to be yeah and i would say that statement is not harmful and it's not necessarily even wrong i mean it isn't it isn't wrong but i think oftentimes when i hear that it makes me very upset because people are gonna say that when i'm in a spot where i feel like i can't handle what's going on and i feel like i'm in the worst spot possible and then they're like hey man God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm like, I don't need that. I actually don't need to hear that because yeah. that's frustrating to hear. That's not comforting. Just listen to me talk, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are people who are uncomfortable with sitting with people um, in their struggle and silence. Absolutely, and, and yeah. That it's easier to just be like, well, God will take care of it. And And I think for a lot of people, we're learning now. I feel like society and people and churches, and I just feel like, we're in a place of, I believe, a better place of understanding empathy mm-hmm. and, and sympathy. And, you know, like, man, I, I think we some of those things, although they may be true, are invalidating, right? Or, or, or those things may be true, like on a fact level, I guess you could argue, biblically or whatever, are not actually what people need. Yeah. And I think people are really uncomfortable with sitting with people in difficulties and, and, and I think there, there is, I don't know, I'm sure sociologically you could look back and find where people are uncomfortable with, um, well, you know, if I allow them to like be in this place of sadness, then they're just going to spiral. So I have to be the one to tell them the truth. Um, and that will, you know, and, and I have to tell them that, no, you should get out of there. I think there's a, a lack of space that we build for ourselves for grief and lament and things like that, because people are just like, hey, you just got to get over it. Yeah. Um, that complaining about it won't change anything when it's like, that's not a very, that's, that's actually not a human thing. We need to have the space to really be able to wrestle with things. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last kind of cliche, I would say I have two other little things after that, but the, like a cliche statement, um, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Actually, I haven't heard that one. You haven't heard that one? No. Basically, they're just saying, like, this opportunity has closed, and 
that's a bummer. But there's a reason for it because God made that opportunity close. But because that opportunity closed, he probably opened up another opportunity that you that he wants you to go to. Uh, I think that kind of rolls with my whole free will thing. That uh, now you know, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I think those things bother me just because I think I think there's connotations that are the issues. Yeah. Where I think people, you know, assume that what that means is different than what that actually means. And so I think there's a false sense of comfort or uh, even a false sense of like purpose when sometimes things have no purpose. Which is like really, I think, difficult for people to like accept, right? So let's say, you know, uh, for me, like uh, I've, I've had grandparents pass away recently Um you know, some people would say like, oh, like, you know, well, uh, you know, that was sad, but like God's teaching you how to love people that are blah, blah, blah. Right. I'd be like, or there's no purpose. Yeah. Right. Because then you can really be like, well, God, why did you have to have, you know, my grandparents die as the re as the way for me to learn this thing? Cause that's very problematic. Like I find yeah. that to be incredibly problematic, yeah. uh, to kind of create, uh, put these things. I can learn different things from those difficult things. But that doesn't mean that it was like, oh, well, God uh, did those things so I could do that, so I could learn that. I, I think there's, a, there's an order of operations there that is very uncomfortable, that I, I feel uncomfortable with theologically, and that I feel like we mostly try to do to make sense of the world. I think people are uncomfortable with like, what well, was this pain not worth anything or, or, or had no purpose? I would rather believe that there's some God that is making me learn a lesson or I gain something from this at the end of it. Um, when in reality, I think sometimes things just happen, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, Oh, the door closed. Yeah. The door's closed. It doesn't mean that there's another thing open. And then when we say stuff like that, and there doesn't seem to be a window open because there isn't, then people get really resentful towards God because they start attributing, well, he closed it for a reason because something else, but this something else isn't panning out. So I guess he just closed it and what a terrible God and blah, blah, blah. And you just spiral from there um, because it's bad theology. Mm. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. And then these, uh, these last ones are, are kind of just funnier to bring up the mood from a theological conversation. Sure. Um, thoughts on people who say daddy God. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's just... I think uh, that's going to be the title of this episode is daddy God. So uh, just, you know, bring in the viewership. <laughs> I, ah, oh, man, I, I just think it's just got like, there's, I have met some people that if they were to say that I would really genuinely think this is how they feel and it's genuine and i would not be upset at the use of that yeah that however is a very small population yeah and uh, most of the people that choose to use that phrase is people trying to uh, elicit some sort of response that we all are very uncomfortable with <laughs> You know, like that was like, this is what, what are you saying right now? Like, I, cause, cause to be fair, like to just in all fairness, I do think I know a couple people in my head who I know they would say that and they would mean it with all sincerity yeah, and not any level of cringe. 
from here or from somewhere else? Other places. Um, well, actually, no. I can think of a couple people like here? in my head. Like that. I mean, they don't live here now, but like mm. I think of a couple people where I'm like, yeah, like I, within the last three months that I've met, where I'm like, yeah, I, I think this person could use that, and and it wouldn't be cringy in terms of it's a, an attention seeking, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, but but I would say that's that's a one out of a hundred. Yeah. Dear Papa G, our father. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard any other crazy names for God? In um, prayer, at least? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I can't think of anything right now. Like, obviously, right now, in terms of, like, what's popular, like, the daddy God is definitely, like, popular. Yeah. You know, so, Yeah. <laughs> And then the uh, the final one, I think this is more of just like an interesting kind of thought-provoking thing, is what are your thoughts on when religious people kind of go around ending conversations with random strangers by saying, Jesus loves you? Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's more of like this kind of weird mantra at this point than it is like helpful yeah like i think uh it at least right now for most people there is some element of like uncomfortability in like it's just not that's a conversation to have while talking about something very specific but just to say it just to say it yeah feels very scripted and sales many and like obligation filled. Yeah. Like, Oh, I got to say this thing. It's not very natural. And I think people are immediately rebuffed by that um, because that's just not a, a, a thing that flows well and is not sincere. It's not right? authentic. No, it's not authentic. And I think that's my issue with it is that it can be inauthentic in like, Oh, like, it, and, and honestly it can actually be really condescending. Yeah, that's what I was going to, I couldn't think of like what it feels like, but I've had people say it to me and I, even like I'm a disciple and even I'm like, uh, okay, it's like, why are you yeah. telling me? Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of like a weird grandma move, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I feel like your grandparents or family members would like say something kind of random. Yeah. Just throw in there and yeah. you're like, okay, cool. But that's not something that I think most people feel like particularly connected to. It or, also feels yeah. it also feels a little 1984. It's yeah. like as almost as if somebody's saying like Big Brother's always watching. Right, right, and right. And it's like, well, I know, but that feels threatening. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I don't think it necessarily like creates or elicits a response of like genuine affection or genuine like emotional connection. It now it, it's so cliche that it probably does the opposite. Yeah. It makes, like you said, people feel the opposite of love and more like shame or fear. Yeah. It feels aggressive. Right. right. To say it. And it's like, okay, man, I get it. <laughs> Just relax. But um, yeah. Very, very thought provoking conversation. I expect nothing less of a conversation with Brandon, though. You know, just an insightful guy. Um, but that is all I have. Thank you for coming. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, man. Yeah, no problem at all. I uh, appreciate, uh, you know, obviously whatever I can do to help my boy. So uh, hopefully you, you listener, whoever you are, will uh, 
and tell other people about this. I hope it blows up like crazy and uh, Nick just gets tons of podcast money. You know what I'm Hopefully, saying? Dude. Hopefully. Um, and uh, yeah. So thanks for having me on. Yes, of course. Thank you for coming. And uh, as always, guys, I hope you enjoy your day, your week, your month. And I got to get to the stop button. So I'm on time. Your year. Wait. I hope you enjoy your day, your week, your month, your year, and the rest of your life. Peace out, homies.